Good evening, Dr. Ambi. This is my podcast view of the role of the authorities in responding to information on COVID-19, particularly in dealing with patients and their family members as opposed to the public interest. The principle of confidentiality is the foundation of the relationship of trust between patients and healthcare professionals. This relationship of trust encourages patients to be transparent in disclosing their medical history, but the principle of confidentiality is not absolute. The Malaysian Medical Council guidelines on confidentiality provides two conditions where confidentiality can be breached without the patient's consent. One, if it is mandated by law applicable to the current pandemic, whereby the Prevention and Control of Infectious Disease Act 1988 can be invoked, requiring the healthcare professional to disclose personal information of patients such as their name, age, gender, ethnicity, nationality, residential and work address to the relevant health authorities for the purpose of contact tracing and authorize an enhanced movement control order or total lockdown in locations identified to have a high number of confirmed cases. Second, when when it is done for the purpose of public interest. Since the onset of the pandemic, the Director General of Health has been releasing daily press statements regarding the COVID-19 status in the nation. The number of newly confirmed cases, the number of cases being discharged, the number of cases in the intensive care units, and the number of mortality cases. The press statement is widely reported in the media and shared across multiple social media platforms, and it discloses locations of newly detected clusters and advising those who have been exposed to come forward for testing. When the patient's personal information is anonymized, we argue that the present information sharing may have inadvertently incited stigma against COVID-19 patients in Malaysia. Effective risk communication will not cause anxiety and panic among the community, but in fact, educate them to adopt necessary preventive measures. The daily press statement by the Director General of Health educates us on the disease progression. Unfortunately, the press statements have led to the stigmatization of those infected. A diagram published clearly linked patient 26 to 21 other patients, hence implying that he was the cause for the sudden spike of COVID-19 in Malaysia in early March. It was also reported that he had exposed more than 200 individuals to the virus, labelling him as an extraordinary spreader. The information was intended to warn and educate the public how it spread but it backfired and caused patient 26 to be the target of criticisms by citizens all over the country. This is the modern world with trigger-happy fingers and lack of compassion to put oneself as an infected person. And what response would one want in that situation? The argument here is that such diagrams that link the origins of cases from one person to another are damaging even when it is anonymized. This is done in good faith, called mapping, so we understand how this disease spreads. But what happened was devastating when the never-ending harassment had necessitated the patient to publicly defend himself. Similar incidents were also observed in South Korea, where the public was informed of the age, gender and movement history of each individual confirmed case via a smartphone application. While personal information is anonymized, it still allowed the public to probe and discover the patient's identities. Sharing the detailed information, the likes of a diagram with the public does not fulfill the criteria of public interest as it would have been sufficient to inform the public of the movement history without linking it to any patient. 
Similarly, patient 1580 was found to have infected 37 individuals, including five of whom had succumbed to COVID-19 as a result of her concealing her recent travel to Italy and failing to adopt self-quarantining measures. In response to the disclosure, a nationwide witch hunt was triggered on social media after a family member of the deceased demanded that the patient publicly apologise. The details of patient 150, such as 1580, such as her name and pictures, were later shared on social media by individuals who had close contact with her. In this situation, this case was made an example. The patient hid vital information of travel later contracted the disease and unknowingly disseminated the infection. The authorities kept her personal information anonymous, but individuals who happened to be her close contact revealed her name and picture. This is being malicious and akin to cyberbullying. The Malaysian Communications and Multimedia Commission should have stepped in to find the individual for releasing personal data of a COVID-19 patient, but that action was not done. It is apparent that placing the blame on anonymized patients have similar devastating effects when their identities were later revealed. We argue that such practice by the authority may be unethical as it has the potential to trigger needless overreactions from public which can potentially cause the patient's identities to be exposed. The authority should refrain from placing the blame on any anonymized patient as this is necessary to prevent stigma and discrimination towards them. Steps need to be taken in preventing discrimination against vulnerable groups or prejudice against people from other countries, as was seen in the onset of the current pandemic against Chinese nationals all over the world, including Malaysia. This xenophobia has recently shifted to migrant workers and illegal immigrants in Malaysia. The discrimination against these groups in the country has been partially contributed by the has been partly contributed by the disclosure of the ethnicity and nationality of the newly confirmed cases to the public. In May 2020, the government announced that all migrant workers across the country must be tested and the cost must be borne by their employers. This occurred immediately after numerous COVID-19 clusters were discovered among migrant workers. The clusters were reported as security guard cluster, construction worker cluster or foreign worker cluster by the mass media, which is dehumanizing. With the growing number of positive cases, there has been strong pushback from the public fearful of the virus being harboured by migrant workers and illegal immigrants in, and illegal immigrants. In mid-April 2020, the Malaysian Navy turned away a boat with more than 200 Rohingya refugees on board. Large scales of arrests of undocumented immigrants were made in Kuala Lumpur on 1st May 2020, with more than 700 individuals taken into custody. Malaysian authorities have cited COVID-19 containment to justify both events. The arrests have been criticised by the United Nations in Malaysia as it may push the vulnerable groups into hiding and prevent them from seeking treatment. To be honest, there is a lot to be said about our immigration officers. These arrests should have been done long back to curb illegal immigrants from coming into Malaysia as they are eating our public resources. Malaysia has never taken stringent steps of enforcement because of their work ethics. Now when the country, when their immigrant country cannot give them medical care, they seek greener pastures in Malaysia where work is abundant as illegal 
Cheap labor is always welcomed by unscrupulous people. And furthermore, they can get better medical care here. And if they are caught part parting with some money, solves all the issue that they have. To make matters worse, there have been multiple reports of migrants who have attempted and succeeded in fleeing quarantine centres. The authorities had not revealed the patients' identities. It can be argued that the sharing of their nationalities enabled them to be stigmatised. While the collection of information such as nationality and ethnicity may be necessary for public health interventions, the disclosure of these data to the public has no beneficial impact to the public. I disagree with this statement here, as I feel every citizen or non-citizen has a moral responsibility to prevent the spread of the disease. As a Malaysian, if I am told an ethnic group of foreigners are positive and I am aware a particular area is densely populated by them, to keep my family and myself safe, I would lessen the need to go to that area. Most foreigners with a language barrier and lack of knowledge don't conform to standard operating procedures. So the question here is, do you want to be infected or be safe? I, for one, do not blatantly shame them or treat them differently. Just being wary is not stigmatizing. Disclosing the location of new clusters without revealing the nationalities can be considered sufficient to educate the public to adopt preventive measures. The information dissemination regarding the vulnerable groups should be carefully done to prevent the public from associating them with COVID-19. The mass media should avoid citing the name of the clusters according to nationality, ethnicity, religion or occupation to minimise the negative impact against them. In conclusion... We are currently on uncharted territory and have never experienced such a pandemic during our lifetimes. And it's challenging. By virtue of being a part of humanity, everyone has a responsibility to work toward, together to overcome the challenges posed by COVID-19. Hence, by responding in an ethical manner when disseminating information regarding and related to COVID-19 is a positive moral duty that belongs to everyone. For those working in the mass media, there is a need for ethical journalism and for private individuals who use social media, it is equally important to determine beforehand whether the dissemination of a piece of information is interesting to the public or such disclosure of information is in the public's interest. The distinction of information that is disclosed in the public's interest and those that are interesting to the public and ethical journalism are both important because on a societal level, the public needs to remain calm and be cooperative in efforts to prevent the spread of the disease, while on a more personal level, the sharing of personal information can lead to stigmatization, discrimination and blame. This is all for my presentation on the subject. Thank you and bye Dr. Ambi.